0: What is going on alternation this is your host with the most daniel hamilton and i am joined as always by my right hand man my confidant uh the one and only matthew brown matt how are we doing today
1: i am doing amazing how are you
0: you know, uh, if I'd be any better, I would be on someone else's podcast. So, um, no, I'm just kidding. Hey, listen, couple of things really quick, really quick. Uh, number one, we have to talk about the Super Bowl okay. and this uh, quote-unquote satanic halftime performance. Got to talk about that. <laughs> um, and then there is a revival that's happening close to where I live. And I'm sure if, there might be some folks listening to this. Uh, we're recording this on February thirteenth, and it, it the rival could be over by the time you guys listen to this podcast. But I just want to kind of discuss that for a second. But what about this Super Bowl?
1: Man, I actually really enjoyed the Super Bowl. Um, I so I'm the kind of person I've I've been to Super Bowl parties the last like I don't know ten fifteen Super Bowls, and this time I decided to just kind of take a load off and uh and do this one at home by myself cuz I'm a, I'm the person that goes to a Super Bowl party to watch the game. I don't go to a Super Bowl party to like talk. I just I want to watch football. Um Sure. And so but it was really fun to watch the game. The halftime show, people can say whatever they want to about Rihanna or whatever. Um I thought the performance was good. There were some stuff that she did obviously that were a bit um a bit, you know, Sexual and nature <laughs> and all this stuff. Was it
0: wasn't too Christ-like?
1: Yeah, but like I I've definitely seen worse. I mean, sure. I, I don't know. I I felt like Rihanna did. Like she's a great singer. Her band was phenomenal. Um, most yeah. of the songs that she did were songs that were like I didn't even know that she wrote some of those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the game itself, it was man, it was one of the best Super Bowls I've watched in the, at least the last decade. It was so close the game was never really it was like the 10 point lead was the furthest it ever got and it was just a fun game to watch
0: yeah no I totally agree uh on on every end of that as far as the game itself like you said it was a close game um an amazing performance by both teams both quarterbacks if there was ever any doubt for Jalen Hurts you know um I know some people they've kind of the Eagles didn't really have the the toughest competitors this year. They kind of had like a bye when it came to their their conference. Uh, but let me tell you, man, I mean, he performed his socks off this past Sunday. Yeah. So kudos to him. Kudos to, um, you know, that entire organization. Kudos to all the Eagles fans. I mean, you have to be proud watching a performance like that from your team at the, on the biggest stage ever. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think my like the passes that he was able to get, like to get off and the catches that were made too. I mean it was just a- against a defense like that, it was incredible. Now I'll be honest with you the Eagles defense wasn't the best um um but you know at the end of the day man it's it's just is what it is. But and the halftime performance, yeah, I, you know, it is I, I the older I get the, the less and less like I care about the halftime performance. Um I think the only time that I've ever thoroughly enjoyed the halftime show was Whenever Bruno Mars did it, I thought it was a really good show.
1: Oh yeah, that one was so good.
0: Yeah, and then whenever Maroon Five did that halftime show, I yep. I was excited. I think I like their music, but I was there was like rumors about them doing like the paying homage to SpongeBob. You know, yeah. like the bubble bowl and ended up like falling through because of like some sort of like copyright thing, uh, yep. which is really disappointing because I like, man, I was so excited. I um, was too, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I, I would, you know, as far as um, Super Bowl performances, this would, this one would be ranked, you know, up there. Uh, wasn't anything, I, I've seen some flops for sure uh, in the past. And this wasn't a flop. It wasn't the greatest thing ever, but it wasn't a flop either. Uh, it was just a, a good, solid performance. So, um, yeah, do with that what you, what you will. The other thing I want to bring up is the revival that's broke out in the state of Kentucky. And when I say revival, I'm referring to Asbury university, uh, looking at the calendar here, it is February 13th. And this past Wednesday on the 8th, they had like a morning chapel service and, um, from my understanding is that this has like been going on nonstop since the eighth. Um, and from what I'm gathering from it, there's just like, you know, nonstop worship. And there is, uh, like every few hours, someone will come up and they might say something for like 10 or 15 minutes or they might, you know, prompt people to, you know, get together, like pray in pods, you know, whatever. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. Cause if you look at the history of Asbury university back in the seventies, like something very similar happened, um, kind of in, in the same way. Um, yeah. and it, and it sparked a revival in the state of Kentucky. So, you know, it's just, I've not had a chance to go check it out. I plan on going sometime this week to kind of see what all the hoopla is about. Um, but yeah, just kind of kinda of cool to see that taking place. If you are friends with anyone from Kentucky, I'm sure it has filled up your news feed because yeah. I get on every single day and it's just post after post, you know, whether someone's there or they're sharing an experience of someone else. Uh so yeah, it's a pretty cool thing to kind of witness, I I guess.
1: Yeah, you saying that reminds me a lot of uh International House of Prayer. They they started I don't know their whole story, but it was something very similar where they had a a big move of God, and they're just like, we're just gonna do this nonstop. And so, um, you know, one thing that I've always loved, and I don't do this as much as I used to, but um, if I'm ever just like, you know, working on something at home or whatever, they have a twenty four seven live stream on their YouTube Mm -hmm. where they will uh, they'll just be worshiping. Sometimes, like, there's there's some stuff that is kind of strange um because they'll have like rappers and stuff go up there sometimes and it's like i i get they're trying to make a platform um but not my taste personally yeah um but overall like just seeing that there's people who are always there worshiping i just think is a beautiful thing and who knows maybe asbury does something very similar in the end it's like where they're a 24 7 type thing um my my prayer, though, from seeing all this, and this is what I get from really any place that's having a strong move of God, is that they take what they're getting there and, and apply it to every single day of the week outside of the church walls, like bringing that same kind of reverence and worship um, into their workplaces, their schools and things like that. Um, but it's been awesome to see, like Even before we started this podcast, I watched a few videos, like whenever you were uh, taking care of some stuff before we started, I watched some uh, videos, and it was just really cool to see uh, they were singing a bunch of different kinds of songs, like hymns and some contemporary worship, and Mm -hmm. people were just enjoying the presence of God, which I thought was really awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm really glad to see that uh, people could be doing other things with their time, in a bad way like like, especially on the weekends you know in college like you hear a lot of stories about christian colleges and how they're usually the worst than regular (laughs) colleges oh yeah um but it's awesome to see that like a college is is taking um that stereotype and saying like we're going to use our weekends for worship and, and and it's just been really really cool to watch so yeah i've loved it
0: yeah for sure and i kudos on that i totally agree I hope that it's not just some spiritual high moment and then like nothing comes of it. And, you know, we, we discussed that uh, like a couple instances where we've kind of experienced that firsthand or we've seen it in some way. So yeah, I, I hope it's, it's something that definitely brings forth uh, a, a positive movement for, for good, wholesome change that, that is, that is needed. Uh, because I, Matt, we talked, I mean, you were in agreement that, um, you know, a revival isn't necessarily for like the church. Cause you know, we believe that God's church is, it's alive and it's well, uh, as long as Jesus is at the center, I think revival is more for his people to get together and to change how they're going about doing things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for sure. Uh, this popped in my head and, and we'll get to what we're going to talk about here in just a second. Um, and Whenever you said in our international house of prayer, and this is this is not like a serious thing, what came first, international house of prayer or international house of pancakes? That's the serious <laughs> question because I want to know how the house of prayer have they have not gotten like a copyright strike or anything like that. Like what's going on with that?
1: I don't know, honestly. I I mean, IHOP's been around for a like the pancakes mm-hmm. has been around for a long time. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm going to look it up like as we're going through this. I'm going to randomly bring it up. We're going to be in the most serious of moments like <laughs> right. ah. Uh, yeah, when was you know. IHOP hop founded? 1958. When was International House of Prayer started? Uh 1999. So pancakes Dang. came first. Man, that's rough.
0: Yeah, I thought we might have had one, you know, one up on this secular world, but I guess we, we don't on that one. <laughs> you know, what's worth. Also, a question I was pondering, it just kind of came to me. What is the difference between a soup and a stew?
1: A soup and a stew. I I will say, anything that I've ever ate that had the name stew, I've not liked myself. When I think of soup, I think of something that you eat with crackers. It's like mostly broth with noodles. Um, when I think of Stew, I think of like it has broth, but it's mostly like a bunch of items just thrown in there. And it's the broth is in it, but it's mostly the other things in it. It's like primarily the item, not the broth. And soup, I feel like, is more broth than it is the item. Gotcha. That's, so my, that's my definition, personally.
0: <laughs> I, you know, I can accept that. I don't really have a, a dog in the fight either way. I could really care less. Um, because I'm a fan is of-
1: cereal though, soup.
0: Oh boy. Um, you know, I I would say cereal's probably a stew if if I had to really put some money on it, and had to uh, you know, if, if I was a betting man, <laughs> I would say it's a stew. Yeah, I mean, because chili, is, it's kind of falls in a similar.
1: True. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I would after you give me the definitions of it, I would say that chili's a stew. It wouldn't be a soup. Um. Yep. Although I've I feel like chili is in its own category as well. I don't know if I would really want to give it that title either way but you know there's to, so
1: many fun questions like that like is is a hot dog a sandwich
0: i would say i you, listen I, I i've heard that one before i would say yeah i would say it is um i mean it it literally has uh, what came first the hot dog or or, or <laughs> oh. well, no i was gonna ask what like what was like was the did the hot dog come first or like a hamburger come first? Which item was like you know what I, I mean?
1: I would guess a burger just because a burger is just meat that's been slapped down and thrown on a grill. Hot dogs are one of the most unhealthy meat items, like because it's just a combination of a bunch of just like whatever's left over. Um it is so unbelievably unhealthy for you um hot dogs are which you know I love hot dogs so I'm not saying don't eat hot dogs, but if you look at what hot dogs are made out of this is why I think burgers came first is because either that or maybe hot dogs were always there and they they just didn't have the name for it but mm-hmm. I feel like I've known of burgers being around longer, but I could be totally wrong but I love brats like if we're gonna if we're gonna compare a Ooh. um a hot dog. I, I love brats because those are more flavorful. Um, when I think of hot dog, hot dogs always taste the same to me. I've never Damn. had a hot dog that tasted different.
0: It's true. No, it's true. I I, I agree with that. I, I wondered, you mentioned brats. I bet brats came before hamburgers. I could see that.
1: Yeah? yeah. Like baseball games and stuff?
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I just, I, I don't know. Like who's, Whose idea was it? Like, hey, let's take this... This meat and let's turn it into a patty. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah, true. But I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not really food educated. We need to bring on like like a, like a foodie who just has like all of this information <laughs> about like food history and just educate us because there's a lot of questions we need to answer. on here, Matt,
1: we should bring in like a vegan and then ask them these questions, even though like they they don't eat meat. Just be, <laughs> be Ooh, like they would just squirm. tell us how do you eat your burgers? <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> don't say that <laughs> yeah. word around me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right we have to have the face cams on though have, yeah. so speaking of that have you seen those videos where people will like go inside like vegan restaurants and like cook meat have you seen those yes there's oh
1: a, my a specific gosh. youtuber that i know we both know of uh, i won't mention on this podcast but he like brought a george foreman grill oh into okay a vegan yeah i restaurant. know you're talking about yeah um and he got kicked out for it it was so funny
0: dude the stones you have to have man like i, I couldn't I, it's just so disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> like the disrespect man uh i mean i like i don't understand the whole vegan like i i think it's like a healthy thing you could do uh but i wouldn't do it like like most people do it like based off of like animal like rights and stuff like that uh, yeah. If I if I ever did it, it would be based off of, uh, like, just to be healthy. I wouldn't do it because I love animals. Uh, not that I hate them. It's just, I mean, you can't deny that a, a T-bone steak is <laughs> amazing. You can't deny that burgers are a gift from heaven because they are. Um, I mean, I, I, I hate it that, you know, animals have to die for it. But, you know, um, I'm game for it because it, it's amazing. So
1: Yeah, there was a pastor that uh I used that well... I won't give specific as to who he is, because, uh, anyways, um, he used to always, every time he would go and speak at, like, a, another place, he always had the same joke, uh, and it got a laugh like a quarter of the time, but he, um, he would ask the room, are, is there any vegans here? And, like, you know, two or three people would raise their hand, and he would be like, you guys are my favorite people, because of you, I get to have more meat. <laughs> and, I was like my response always was like that's the worst first impression. They're probably not gonna listen to anything else you have to say. <laughs> right. Um
0: and this had to have happened in the Bible Belt. There's no other place. Oh yeah, for sure. It did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: it was so. it was a mega church pastor. Um, oh yes. Yeah, and so he he did that and I, was, I mean it was funny, but it was just like like why? Like what what brings that up in a sermon? Like, let's talk about the Bible. Anybody got anybody vegans here? <laughs> right. Like, for how sure. do you get how do you even get there? <laughs> right,
0: for sure. And, and people, like they, those who are vegan, they feel very strongly about their convictions with it, too. And yeah. so, you know, like there's some things you kind of joke around because people are kind of like, oh, it's whatever. Like I believe this, it but it's whatever. But there's some things like, like that, bro. Like it's, there, there's no way. No yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. Matt, got a question for you. Okay. If you had to pick one parable in the Bible that is like your all time favorite parable, what would it be?
1: Mm. And I know it's a so, hard question,
0: but there's got to be one that just stands out more to you than the others.
1: It's not a hard question now because this is kind of a recent thing that I've been wrestling with. Okay. Because um, we've been going through the parables uh, as a church in like our small group. And so there's one, okay. the one about the mustard seed mm. is, is now my favorite because I learned a lot about um and i won't steal your thunder because i know this isn't really what we have planned to talk about but um mustard is something that that when you grow when you decide that you want to plant mustard like if you unless you want mustard you don't plant mustard because mustard will take over your garden or, or farm or whatever it it swallows everything it takes it, it was actually, um, I didn't know this until recently, it was actually a military tactic back in like the time of the first century uh, AD where if, if they wanted to essentially starve the people they were about to take over, they would plant mustard in all of their gardens because all they would end up having is mustard. Dang. Um, and so essentially what Jesus is saying with this kingdom parable is that the kingdom of God is unstoppable because you can't once you start a mustard farm, you can't stop it. there's no it is not possible. it is there I mean you would have to burn the whole thing down for it to for it to stop and it probably still wouldn't stop. But another thing about mustard uh, that they said is mustard gets its potency when it's crushed. And so if you think about what happened with those in the early church is they were, they were beaten, they were flogged, they were killed. Mm -hmm. Uh, If the kingdom of God is like mustard, then maybe what Jesus is saying is any attempts that you make to stop the kingdom of God is actually giving it its potency because crushing it is actually what makes it stronger. And when I heard that, I was like, this is my favorite parable now, uh, just because I love that picture.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty legit. Could you imagine waking up to like go out to your garden to pick like your tomatoes and cucumbers and your cabbage and it is just nothing but mustard. Like that'd be the most depressing thing yeah. ever. Like, like that's, that's like, like that's a really smart tactic, but it's, it's awful. Ugh, yeah. I
1: hate, I hate mustard too on everything. Like, ugh.
0: oh, even a hot dog.
1: Yeah. I've just never been a fan. Um, I, I'm not a big condiment guy in general, but... Mm, uh That's fair. But mustard is very strong, and I'm not a big, like... I don't know. I've always been just, give me a plain hot dog, maybe some cheese or something, but... Yeah, no, I get it. that.
0: Well, um honestly, I d- was not expecting you to, to give me that parable, but I, I definitely respect it. And now that you've explained it, at first I was like, I don't know where he's going to go with this, but yeah, that, that <laughs> definitely makes sense. Uh For me, I want to say... That I had, so this is my favorite. It used to not always be, um, but I went on a journey a few years ago just to really uh, understand Jesus's heart for the lost, hurting, and broken. Um, And I just, I really wanted to just saturate myself with the truth behind the gospel. And this parable kind of became the root of, in my opinion, like who Jesus is. Um, and it's the parable of the Good Samaritan. Um, and so I kind of want to go through that a little bit and kind of talk about what it looks like to to love your neighbor. Cause we've all heard uh we've heard this before, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength, and then to uh love others as well. It's one, one of the great commandments, right? Um so my question to you, Matt is um, whenever you hear the the this the phrase or the title, the parable of the Good Samaritan, what initially comes to mind? Uh, it could be like different um, stories in the Bible. It could be certain words or certain phrases that might be used in that in that parable. But what what to you do you immediately think of when you hear that Good Samaritan word?
1: Well, I think about how that title alone would have already made people super angry because Samaritans and Israelites don't get along. Mm-hmm. And so for for Jesus or for it to even be titled The Good Samaritan would be kind of like an oxymoron to the Israelite, especially to the religious leaders. Yeah. It's like, there is like there's there is no good Samaritan. Um and so and there's a lot with the good Samaritan story that is uh deeply rooted in rabbinic tradition, which I love. But as far as like, when I hear the parable of the good Samaritan, that's the first thing that comes to my mind is, uh, for us, it's like, this is a great story with a lot of good stuff to relate to. But I also think about how much, uh, how offended the religious leaders that would have been hearing this. Uh, Because essentially, the one that comes to Jesus is an expert in the law. Mm -hmm. And so, if he, if the moment that he hears Samaritan doing something good, it's like nope, nope, this guy does not know what he's talking about. This is like Samaritans are not good; they're our enemy. All this stuff. So that, that's the first thing that I think about.
0: Yeah. So you're first off, you're right on. I mean, when it comes to Samaritans, um, we view this story in a very Western sense, right? But absolutely, at the time this is being told, um, the Jews they felt a certain way. About uh this half breed people uh, that's that's what they were uh you were not to do business with them, you were not to talk to them, you were not to be friends with them uh, in fact if if you were traveling to a, a place and some like the city of Samaria was like on, on the way, you would take you know a few extra days just to like totally avoid the city of Samaria. Um, yep. And so we read this story like, oh, dude, what an awesome parable. But uh, Jesus tells a pretty radical, socially charged story to drive home this point of what it really means to love your neighbor or to, to, to be a neighbor. Um, and so, Matt, you started it off. Uh, you said there's an expert in the law. I stood up to test Jesus, asking him, teacher, you know, what must I do to inherit eternal life? That's a pretty good question, you know, um, who wouldn't want to know the answer to that? Uh, I do want to add, I view this a little differently, Uh, that question. I I know that, I know that by, like, different translations say different things. That word test, Jesus, part of me feels like this expert in the law, he he already knows the answer to the question because Jesus asked what's written in the law or how do you read it? He says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you know, you've answered correctly, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus and who is my neighbor? Part of me feels like, you know, I don't think he was necessarily just trying to test Jesus and give him to say something that was just totally, uh, you know, off the mark, I think this guy probably realized that loving others is a lot more difficult than loving God. And honestly, it's, it's, it's the truth. And I kind of, I have found myself as a pastor kind of asking questions like this to God. Um, it's like, God, let me see the fine print on this. Like, what do you really mean when you say this? Like, Uh, are you just saying I should just be nicer to people? Should I, you know, like, this, this is not what I signed up for. Um, And I don't know if you've ever experienced that before, Matt, where it's like, especially with you being in ministry as well, you kind of know that there's, there's some things that it's, it's hard and you kind of question like, okay, is this really what God's wanting me to do?
1: Yeah, for sure. And especially things like, uh, like, loving your neighbor uh and it's interesting the way that he words it is like love your neighbor as yourself mm-hmm. um because in my mind i'm like well i'm not supposed to be prideful so if i'm not supposed to be prideful does that mean i'm not supposed to love my neighbor that much um and and so like when when i approach things like that that's kind of like how i respond to god is i ask questions like god like you're asking me to do something that I feel like elsewhere you said to do something else. And it seems like this contradict, like, cause then you have to balance the whole, you know, being holy, but also like being in communion with those who aren't like where they're supposed to be. And right. It's all the time. I feel like these, like whenever, whenever I approach teachings like this of Jesus, it's like, Jesus, like I get what you're trying to say, but like, <laughs> could you, could you be a little bit clearer? Cause this seems a bit, a bit confusing. And, and like, why are you? A, why then do you go into a parable? Like, you just made it more confusing, for sure. Um, and so, yeah,
0: this is classic Jesus. Let me answer your question with a story. So, yep. you know, so buckle and you know, buckle up because it, this kid, There's certain parables I've I've read, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, like what? This is crazy. Uh, this is this is one of those instances, and it's and it's very radical. That's one of the reasons why I love this parable so much. Uh, Jesus said, "A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, um, when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. I think half dead is indicative of of our lives sometimes. You know, we on the outside we look okay, but on the inside we're very much not okay. And we and we and we have to we are half dead in, in a sense. So I think yeah. this is a picture perfect, very clear." Um idea of who we are as Christians a lot of the times because sure, a priest yeah. a priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man he passed by on the other side and so to a Levite when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side and you see what Jesus is doing here i mean he's he's picking out these very elite respected individuals i mean uh, a priest is very respected uh, a Levite they were uh, a a special tribe you know the, the bloodline that's usually where priests came from was from the yep. levite uh bloodline uh but it says but a samaritan as he traveled came where the man was and when he saw him he took pity on him he went to him and bandaged his wounds pouring on oil and wine and he put the man on his donkey brought him to the inn and took care of him essentially um put a credit card, you know, open up a tab for the man. The next day he took out two denarii and then gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him. He said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Wow, what a story just to lead with this. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And then the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. So, First off, there's a lot to unpack with this parable. Uh, And there's a lot of different ways that we can go. But there is one thing that I think um, we kind of need to get out of the way uh, first and foremost. In this story, Matt, who is the Good Samaritan?
1: He's the one who actually, for one, he's the one that took pity and and actually helped him out. Um, But realistically he's, he's the one who is living and doing kingdom, right. Um, which again, the idea of it being a Samaritan had like, Jesus, whole teaching is built on the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And he's now saying the kingdom of God is going to look like a Samaritan helping someone who has essentially just lost everything. And, um, it's not going to look like a priest who walks by trying to be holier than thou. Same with a Levite. Um, so yeah, the Samaritan, I, and, and what's crazy is, is a lot of times, uh, especially in the Bible belt, uh, is we like to associate ourselves with the good Samaritan. I'm going to be honest. I feel like most, if not all of us, if we saw someone stripped of their clothes, beat and like sitting on the side of the road, we would probably walk the other way, mm-hmm. we, we would be the Levite or the priest in this story. So like, I try my best to associate with those who aren't getting it right, because if I think we're, truly think about it, it'd be hard for me to be the Good Samaritan in this story.
0: Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you the question again, though. Who is the Good Samaritan?
1: Like, the identity of the Good Samaritan? Sure. Uh, I would say that's Jesus. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, you're you're right on it. What from that passage makes you, kind of gives you that vibe, so to speak, that, yeah, like, really what they're getting at is the Good Samaritan is Jesus.
1: Uh, I kind of see it just from the guy that's coming to him and asking him the questions. It's like Jesus is seeing him and taking pity on him, uh, the the guy who's trying to actually test him. So I could see him, maybe Jesus is saying, you're the man that's been stripped of everything. You just don't realize it. It's kind of how I would see it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, You're you're right on it. Um, and you look at the story and look at the life of Jesus, uh, and in a lot of ways, Jesus was treated like a Samaritan, right? He was belittled. He was, um, he was, he was reduced to nothing by other people. Uh, he was hated. Um, and I'll be honest with you, when I read this story, it's, it's hard for me to want to, it's, it's hard for me to put myself in those shoes, like you said, because, um, Matt, I'm doing good just to love people who like annoy me temporarily. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Let alone people who hate me, despise me, you know, would wish me dead people who belittle me. Um, so for Jesus to tell this wild, socially charged radical story of what it means to be a neighbor. And he uses a man that is hated by the Jews. Um, I have to ask myself, you know, what is Jesus trying to get at here? And, and I think the thing that is um, kind of, it's almost sad in a sense is the expert. He answered the question correctly. The good, the good Samaritan or, or the one who who was a neighbor is the one who had mercy on, on the man. Um, and Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And then that's like the end of the scene. It's almost like this guy is left to, left to himself and say, okay, well, if I'm going to inherit eternal life, I have to do this 100% of the time if I'm going to make it into heaven. And don't get me wrong. I believe that, you know, you should take Jesus at his word. But I think at the end of the day, it's, it's more than that. There's no way that we can ever possibly attain this for ourselves and do this 100% of the time. We need God. And his name is Jesus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in too, because um, I I don't you know when we read these stories, I think the reason why we have the Word of God and and here's the the thing that that blows my mind. Like after seeing this, uh, especially how Paul teaches this, is when we look at things like commands or in laws. Um, I was always taught growing up that the law was. Like if they, if they did everything perfect in the law, then they would be made righteous and go to heaven. Um, when I realized that later on, when Paul talks about the law was never meant to be a way to righteousness, but rather a way to show them who they are, kind of like a mirror saying here is the standard, this is a standard, this is what you should look like, but don't try to keep every single you know, one, one by one, everything in the law, because you're never going to succeed. Right. And then in turn says that, that because of Jesus, we have essentially, we look like God looks at us as though we have done everything right. We yeah. are righteous. Um And so I say that to say that something like this in this story, where it seems as though Jesus is giving an impossible command, um, as far as like keeping every single day. This is one of those things that if I if I heard Jesus say that, it'd be really easy for like the first week or two to do stuff like this. But then, you know, when when there's somebody who is like, let me let me just give you an example. Let's say in Columbia, South Carolina, where I live, we have tons and tons and tons of homeless people. Um and if I'm be like I'm just gonna be totally real. These these people use the bathroom on themselves all the time and they they are they are rejected by basically everyone because of their hygiene and things like that, because they just, they can't control it. You know, that's just who they are. Um, When I see some of those people, it is really easy for me to be like, you know, somebody else will take care of this person Mm -hmm. um, or I'll give them 10 bucks to get them a meal just so I can say that I've did something good. But how often am I like doing what Jesus said here and buying them a room to stay in and saying, if you need anything else, like let me know. And and you're covered. Right. Like that's, it's, it's a radical type of love that I personally, like hearing, hearing the story again is super convicting because I am definitely not there. And yeah, it's just, it's so convicting because I, if I had, I, I would definitely associate myself with the priest or Levite in this story because it's so much easier and more convenient to just keep walking than to stop, take time out of your day, money out of your bank account, and actually help somebody who is likely rejected by everybody else or ignored by everybody else. So yeah, it's 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 deep for me, man.
0: For sure. Well, I'm happy you brought that up because I mean it's discouraging to me. I mean, I read this and um and sometimes when I read the Bible, it it it, it can be discouraging because it's like, man, I am I'm missing it. I, I'm missing the mark uh, thank God for, for Jesus and, and his, his love and his mercy. Um, and I, I, you know, I'll keep on trying my best to, to, to be like him, uh, even though I will always come short, you know, fall short to some extent. Um, but I want to kind of draw our attention to the story that happens right after this one. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's when Jesus is at the home of Martha and Mary. Now this, the parallel between these two, I never really thought about it until someone kind of pointed out how they kind of flow into each other and what we can take from this story of Mary and Martha and apply it to the good Samaritan. And this is kind of where we're, we're, we're coming to. And, and, you know, Daniel, how can we, how can we be that neighbor? How, how can we be like Jesus? Um, and it says in verse 38 um, of Luke chapter 10, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, this is classic, like older sibling, younger sibling trying to tattletale, honestly. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. 41, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Now, when you read this at first glance, Matt, Who would you say is being the good Samaritan in this specific story out of Mary and Martha?
1: So looking at the story on the surface, I would definitely say that Mary would be the good Samaritan in this story.
0: Because...
1: Because she was attending to Jesus, caring for Jesus, and, and Martha was more focused on like preparing a bunch of things, but not actually being with those who were in need. She was kind of like off doing her own thing and uh, trying to get things right instead of actually being with the people who needed her.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because when I first read this story, all right. And, you know, in my mind, I'm feeling the conviction of what it means to be a neighbor in the Good Samaritan parable. It's like, oh, my God, Lord, I'm missing the mark. I'm looking, I'm reading this story and at first glance. And maybe it's just because when I read things, I don't like at like just at first glance, I, I view it completely different than you. To me, the Good Samaritan in this story is it's Martha. Like Martha is she knows that Jesus is here. I've gotta prepare for this guy I've gotta make sure he's taken care of uh I'm gonna make sure he's he's well fed you know like to to me like Mary's like like the bad Samaritan like the she's doing nothing Samaritan for me it's it's Martha would be the good Samaritan, and then you kind of come to the end of of the 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 passage there and it's almost as if Jesus is Kind of re- rebuking that attitude that Martha has in a sense, and is you know explaining that Mary she's chosen the good portion in life. She's she's chosen um what is better, and it can't be taken away from her. So when I read that, it just it brings me back to what what does it take? You know what does it take to to, to be a neighbor to people that that's around me. Um, and it might seem like a very simple answer and that's Jesus. Um, but I think the action that goes behind it is a little bit more, it, it, it takes some work. Um, cause for me, Matt, one thing that I might lack in some areas when it comes to really making sure that my attitude is right, it is, it's rehearsing. It is praising. It is reading about jesus it's singing songs about jesus it's rehearsing his goodness and his greatness it's rehearsing uh what he's done for me and i think at the end of the day you know we 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 read this radically socially charged parable about the good samaritan and then we end that entire chapter with the story about mary and martha um and it's showing that really what it takes what what it what it takes to to be someone who is the neighbor is someone who is focus is 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 one thing one thing only and that's the good portion in life and and that's Jesus and that will bleed over into every other area in in, in your
1: life yeah and this this passage especially for those who may be listening um from dream we we use this passage uh very frequently when when talking about just being satisfied with Jesus because you think about um because I, I think about we have Martha who's focused kind of on like the the works type thing, like making sure that everything is done right. But you have Mary who essentially isn't doing anything but sitting at the Lord's feet and religion would be like okay like you should be getting up and doing something like you're just you're just sitting at God like right. this is the this yeah. is the king of kings and lord of lords you should be doing something and then G, like Jesus is is saying that you're worried and upset about many things but few things are needed or indeed only one Mary has chosen what is better what is better sitting at the lord's feet and listening to him that and the weight that gets removed from your shoulders from that too is just unbelievable because the greater portion is not in everything you do, but it's just simply being in the Lord's presence. And like you said, it this spills over into everything. Like the way that we love others, and, and this is this is like the first the first sermon I ever preached at, at Dream, uh to those who may be listening that were there, um, was that that love is is two sides of a coin like you you if you want to love others as you love yourself you have to have loving god with all your heart soul mind and strength mm-hmm. because Jesus said these two things hold all the law and the, all the laws and the prophets but on the flip side you have uh you I don't believe that you can fully love god with all your heart soul mind and strength if you don't love others that's what first john tells us is yeah. that you can't tell like if you say that you love god but don't love others you're a liar mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, but like this, this passage is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Uh, this this part about Mary and Martha because so often I I feel like I've been Martha and getting upset at those who have been just sitting at his feet. I'm like, you guys should be doing more. But uh, the reality is, is that what he's longing for is for us just to simply rest in his presence and be satisfied with just him. And so exactly. yeah, I, I love that exactly.
0: And you know, it's easy to read the story. Uh, of of the good Samaritan or the parable rather of the good Samaritan and my mind immediately goes to, okay, so what can I do? Exactly. What can I do to be a neighbor? I mean, I read it and I'm like, okay, so I, I'm going to start tipping double, when I go out to restaurants, yep, yep. I'm going to start, uh, when I see a homeless person, I'm going, to, I'm going to give them money. I'm going to give them money every single time I see a homeless person. And, you know, most people, Christians even, I mean, we wouldn't, we would say, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a that's a good idea. Like, no one would attest that. No one would say no to that. Like, yeah, that probably would be a good thing. It'd probably uh, make an impact in your community to some extent. But the problem is, if that was the solution, to to being a neighbor to a lost, hurting, broken, dying world, it would have worked by now. If right, that was the yeah. solution, it would have worked by now. Because I can I I know that churches have tried stuff like this, and they'll call it you know the Good Samaritan initiative, and you know, and they'll give right, give yeah, these yeah. challenges out and say we got to do this if we yeah, but no, that's not at all.
1: That's Samaritan's purse. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. It. But
0: you read the story of Mary and Martha. It's like, man, you know, we we've got it all wrong. It it starts at his feet. It starts at the feet of Jesus. Yes. And if we can just be content and knowing that, um, we we can try to perform, and we we can try to figure out, and 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 our eyes and in our mind what it's going to take. And Jesus is just saying, just just come sit, just come sit and just be with me before anything else.
1: Yeah, that's it, man. That's that is the the simple the simple thing. Cuz like you said, we our first reaction when we hear about all these things that that Jesus is saying cuz the the thing is is that Jesus is actually when he's talking to people saying do something, he's talking to the religious, but those that he actually condones the most are those who aren't seeming to do anything. And there's mm-hmm. a weird dichotomy because uh, you have those like the the um, the Roman centurion. Like, Jesus never told him to do anything. He he said, do you want me to come to your house and heal your sick servant? And the Roman centurion actually steps out and says, you just say the word and I'll go and, and it'll be done. Yeah. And, like, compare that to the opposite side where you have religious people who are saying, Jesus, shouldn't you be coming and... And healing this person. Like you if you are who you say you are, come and do this thing. And Jesus is saying, You've totally missed it. You should be out there doing this exact same thing, but you're so focused on checking all the right boxes and making sure I'm checking all the right boxes, when the only thing you need to do is just trust me, trust in who I am, trust that I have everything under control, and then what'll flow from that is all the good works. And whenever he's telling them go and be go and, and do likewise. Um, I think he's kind of saying that tongue in cheek is he's saying you guys have been, you, you say that you're the religious, you say that you're the ones who follow me, but you have done absolutely nothing for the kingdom of God. Right. Here is what the kingdom of God looks like. Now go and actually do what you should have been doing all along. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's, I, I love Jesus is, is the most brilliant. And I know this is kind of a bias, but he is the most brilliant teacher and and I think that we we like to look at oh he's he's God and and he's using his God goggles a lot and reading people's hearts sure, but I, I think that if we look at the way that he taught, man, he, it is just absolutely brilliant because he he goes after the religious and says if you want to be like the kingdom you actually need to look the exact opposite of what you think you need to look like. And it's just, it is is brilliant how he frames his teaching.
0: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. But, you know, listen, man, that's that's pretty much all I have uh, from this today. Is there anything you want to kind of throw in? I know we've had a good conversation on this, but I just want to give you a chance to anything else that kind of comes to mind or to your heart, I'd love for you to share.
1: No, I don't have anything else to add on to that. This was this was a great conversation. I I love this.
0: Yeah, for sure. And listen, um, I am you, listener. If you're listening to this today, just know that we are praying for you and we know that sometimes uh, it can be dis- it can be discouraging, you know, reading scripture and 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 looking at, you know, just how often it seems like you fall short but I want you to know that um, Jesus loves you so much. And sometimes it's easy for us to overcomplicate really what he wants from us. And before we're ever going to um, go and and help others, going to go and start a church, go and start evangelizing, go and open up a food bank, you know, whatever it might be, before we do any of those things, the most important thing is to make sure we know who he is how he feels about us and that that intimacy with him to be able to sit at his feet and just admire everything about him to know that, listen, uh, the the way that you live, the way that you talk, I, I've never seen or heard anything like before. And I just, I cannot leave your presence. That is what he, he longs for more than anything. And if, if we're honest, I think that's something that we long for as well. Um, if if we'll just allow ourselves to get to that place.
1: Yep, absolutely. I love it.
0: Well, listen, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, I am looking at the clock. We're just a little over an hour. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, we've not said anything too too radical or, or too crazy. Uh, the scripture that was uh, quoted today was out of Luke chapter 10. I think I mentioned that uh, during the podcast, but sometimes that my uh, mouth will run before my head. Uh, And so I just want to make sure that people knows that this this actually did come from the Bible. I'm not just reading, you know, out of (laughs) Charlotte's web or anything. Um, wait but, did your
1: clock actually say over an hour mine says 52 minutes I just want to make sure I've been recording
0: bro listen it does say 52 minutes I once okay. to okay, get okay, my no, mouth my mouth runs <laughs> quicker than my head so it's just one of those things no,
1: hey we can leave this in there I just thought it was funny when you said I was yeah. like uh, what <laughs> yeah for
0: sure I'm sure people are probably listening to this like uh what's he talking about so yeah no thanks yeah. for thanks for calling me out appreciate it man uh thanks for correcting me Matt uh <laughs> hey. but no listen we love you uh we will catch you next time Altered Nation, we are out.
1: Cue the music.